In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now, we recognize that tree was the cross. Is there anybody in the house grateful for the cross of Christ? Can we put our hands together and just say, thank you, Lord, that you would rather die than live without us. The love of God. And then we're introduced to verse 14, that, here it is, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, would you please turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 14, setting some foundation today, Genesis chapter 14, and I'd like to read verses 18 through 20. The Bible says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. And isn't that interesting? We're landing the plane, closing this series today, concluding it by having communion, that, that holy sacred moment where might be a bunch of us in here, but, but God sets the table. It's just you and him. You have a private audience with Almighty God as we gather through, through holy communion and remember all that Christ has done for us. But the Bible said, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. And he was the priest of God Most High. Now, now we've talked about God as the elevating God. He's El Elyon, God Most High. That's elevation. And then he goes on to say, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. So you see elevation, you see possession. Now let's get into today. And the Bible said, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. How many like me to read that just one more time? The Bible said, and blessed be God most high, El Elyon, the God that is higher than anything or anyone, the God that is higher than anything that will ever go through. The Bible said, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. That is dominion. Will you bow your heads as we pray? Father, we love you so much today, and we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for our Bibles, the only book that's ever been written. Every time we open it, the author is present. You are here. Father, you have tenderized and prepared our hearts through worship. God, we're hungry for your word. We pray that you'd plant the seed of your word deep within our spirit, God, that would, that would change and bring added and needed and necessary change, hope, healing, deliverance. In Jesus' name, we pray that you'd have your way. And all of God's people shouted a great big amen. I just got something in my spirit. God is going to touch. He's going to change. And if you believe that, if you're here and you need a change, you need a touch, you just need God to move powerfully in a family member here, can we just put our hands together? I just feel like today is going to be prophetic. Let's all put our hands together and let's just say thank you, Lord, even prophetically.
I have learned sometimes you just got to praise God in the prison. As you praise God in the prison, the doors open and freedom comes into your life. I don't wait for the doors to open. You got to learn to praise God in the prison seasons of life. The times when it seems like all of hell is coming against you, I've learned that it is your praise, it is your worship that becomes a weapon in the hands of the people of God that slays the enemy and God descends and he changes and touches lives. So I want to talk to you about dominion today. The Bible said, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And I want to read that. Can we read that out loud? Was that up on the screens? Can we get that on the screens? Verse uh, 20, I believe it is. Let's read that out loud. One, two, three. And blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now, isn't it interesting? Who has delivered your enemies into your hand. You're going to love today's teaching. I love it that the the Bible, it literally says God has delivered our enemies into our hand. The Bible, it teaches that the enemy, as a matter of fact, do you know, is under our feet. Matthew chapter 22, verse 44. The Lord said to my Lord, set at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Romans chapter 16, verse 20. Is there anybody in the house? You got an enemy, somebody coming against you. It might be a sickness. It might be a bill. It might be a battle. It might be a former. You you fill in the blank. It might be the enemy itself. You got some battles going on. You got a giant that needs to be slayed. I just want to know I'm preaching to the right audience. Can I just see your hands all over the building? I believe everybody Everybody's fighting a battle, and this message is for you. This message is for you. And I want this message to go over your head and hit the guy or lady behind you. I want it to penetrate your heart. Listen, Romans chapter 16, verse 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. And in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, be with you. Amen. This, I love this. It speaks of being elevated, and also it speaks of dominion. The passage speaks of God delivering our enemies into our hands. It is God's will to get our enemies out of our head and under our feet. It's time to not allow a former spouse, a former authority figure, to take up any more space between the ears. It's time to take every thought captive, the Bible said. You are not what you're going through. You are not what somebody in the past said you was. You are a child of Almighty God. Can you scream amen? I love this. It's, it's elevation. It's dominion. The devil that used to torment you is now under your feet. The enemies that once walked all over you in Jesus' name, you're walking all over them. How many know that's true in the things of God? Can you say amen? I, I want to transition now. We've been talking about, I wanted to do a character study in the life of Abraham. And uh, we've done that for, for several weeks now. But there's a Bible character, a man in the Bible that we're going to be introduced to now as a young man. And how many recognize that God can use somebody even before they have a driver's license? God has has used my my first grandchild, Jada Ray Wheeler, in powerful, powerful ways. How many know that grandchildren can impact the life of a papa or a nana? And they're the greatest things in the world. And you're so grateful you didn't kill your kids because now you have grandkids. 
That's where I am right now. My, my little granddaughter, Jada Ray Wheeler, who, by the way, Papa is her favorite. I, I like to think. She was about two years old, and um, I'll tell you a story, two years old. And my wife is a runner, and she was running a half marathon in Boise, and I believe it, the finish line was Ann Morris Park, one of the parks there. And uh, Jada was standing in somebody's golf cart, and she was standing on the seat with her hands on the steering wheel. And uh, they have windows, but the window was open. How, any golfers in, in the house, how, you know what I'm talking about. I believe they have, the window was open. And, and Jada got tired of, of hanging on, and she just jumped down, and she landed right on the gas pedal. And, and the, the golf cart took off, and I don't know how fast a golf cart goes. How, how fast does a golf cart go? 20 miles, I, I don't know, 15 miles, I'm not for sure. Jada, well, how much pressure you put on the, the throttle? Well, she was probably weighing about 25 pounds back then, so I think that's probably a lot of pressure. But the, the thing took off, and I don't know how far it went, but it finally hit a big tree, and she was catapulted through where the windshield should have been. It was open, and she was catapulted through and just barely glazed the tree, and they took her to the emergency room, and she was skin up, and her little lip was sticking way out. Because we're going to be talking about a young man. And Jada, she said, these words, we have it on film. I wish I, this was just in, Holy Spirit inspired right now, or we'd have had it up here to see the video. But she said these words to me, uh, actually to mom and dad, and they filmed it. Um, Jesus caught me. Jesus caught me. And her daddy, Lucas, said, well, well Jada, talk, how, how was it? And she said, he, he caught me like this. And she said, no, 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 he caught me like this. I mean, recognize the Lord can use you even before you have a driver's license. And I'm praying in Jesus' name that she's a better driver when she turns 16 or 17 than she was when she's two. Come on. How, how many will just believe with me? Come on. And then she said these words. And I used this in an illustration several years ago. And somebody made, literally made us a, a little plaque. And it's in our grand, grandchildren room in our house. And it's the words of Jada. Jesus loves me. Jesus keeps me safe. But listen to this. The end. There's no room for debate for a child of God. The Bible is plan A, and there is no plan B. And I understand a lot of movements that were birthed in the flames of revival have turned their back on the Word of God, and now they're propagating and preaching a plan B. They're watering the gospel down to where it doesn't preach anymore against sin. It doesn't they don't talk about the blood of the Lord. They don't talk about the sacrifice of God. The, the Redeemer, re redeeming, how many recognize, without the shed blood of the Lamb of God, there is no remission of sin. If you believe that, can you put your hands together and let's say thank you, Lord. So I want to talk to you about David a little bit today. David kind of looks a little bit like me. The Bible said he was very good-looking, very handsome. 
I don't know if you're laughing at me or laughing with you, but I guess it works. He walked in all of these blessings, elevation, possession, and dominion. Oh, you're going to like this. David walked in the blessing of elevation, youngest of all brothers, hidden away in the sheep fields by his father, neglected, pushed aside, perhaps the runt of the litter. You ever feel that way? You might have been looked over by people, but you have been looked after by God. You might have been looked over by people, but you have been looked after by Almighty God. As a matter of fact, you have not been looked over. You've been looked after. Next, David, he walked in the blessing of possession at the end of his life. He expanded Israel's borders and was at peace with all of his enemies. Now I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, would you please turn there? 1 Samuel is just before 2 Samuel. That's right. I mean, that didn't help a whole lot. Because he also walked in dominion. And that's what we're talking about today is dominion. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we'll begin reading in verse 34. The Bible says, and you're going to love this, but David said to Saul, many theologians believe that David was about, oh, 16 years old here. Just a young guy. Just a teenager. The Bible says, and David said to Saul, King Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of its flock, I went after it. Didn't run away. He said, I went after it. Sometimes the enemy, you got to go after the enemy, and that's where you activate faith, and when you come to the end of your courage, that's where God begins. The Bible said that he went after it, and he, he struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, you see, there's going to be a fight. When it arose against me, he says, I, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. How many know, David, he's got it going on here? Listen closely. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Goliath, nine foot nine inches tall, skinny, scrawny David. In the natural, David didn't have a chance. There are giants that you and I face that God wants us to have dominion over, that you might have been addicted to this or that for, for the last 20 years, but I'm here to tell you, you need to look the giant in the face and say, God wants to give me dominion. He wants to give the enemies into my, my, my hand. What used to come after me, I, I'm going to go after it with freedom. With the name of the Lord. But let's, let me continue. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me. Would you circle or underline those words? 
Sometimes we just got to live like you're free because as you live like you're free and you activate faith, you surrender to God one more time. And could it be the next time you surrender, whatever that giant is that you're facing, this time the Lord's going to take it and he's going to set you free. But the Bible said, I love this, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And you see Saul, he said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I don't know there's a lot of faith in Saul's life. I don't know if it's, oh, man, just go, and boy, I sure hope. But David went, and we saw a tremendous, tremendous victory. This battle, by the way, took, took place 3,000 years ago in a battlefield in Palestine when the shepherd boy slayed a great, big, ugly giant. Formidable foe. And the natural didn't look good. But we're not relegated to the natural because we serve a God who moves in the supernatural. And according to Scripture, all things are possible to those who, would you help me out, believe. You've got to believe that God is bigger than what you're facing. You've got to believe that God wants to bring dominion into your life, that you are bigger and you are better than the things spoken over you back in the day, that God wants to see you set free. Now, it's very interesting. David called him an uncircumcised Philistine. And why does he even mention that? Because circumcision was a sign of the covenant of God. And do you know that it still is to the Jews today? David recognized that the man that was opposing the armies of God had no covenant with God. As God's people, we have entered into covenant with Almighty God through grace and through the blood that was shed on the cross 2,000 years ago. We are covenant people in Jesus' name. Can you say good amen? So let's talk a little, dig just a little bit deeper. Would you go, let's read just a little bit more. Key, I, I want to just give you some keys to the victory over the giants that you face. We, we raise our hands. There's giants. There's some battles. There's some trials. There's some, some trauma. Each and every one of us are facing something on one level or another. I want to give you some keys to the victories over the giants that you face. Let's look at, uh, he, he, I, I love the faith you see in, in David here. He, he's saying that I understand that he's big and ugly and, and hairy. I understand that he's nine foot nine inches tall. I understand that I'm just this scrawny, skinny, little, little shepherd boy, but, but I've seen the hand of God. God move in my life, and I'm not depending on my flesh. I'm depending on the strong arm of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's never made a foe that can defeat him. He's never met a devil that could take him down. He is God Almighty. Can you say a good amen? So let me give you some keys. Listen closely. Goliath, the, the armies of Israel that day, they were looking at, at Goliath. They were looking at the Philistines, and they were big. Again, they were hairy. They were, they were ugly. And they're freaking out. And for days, Goliath challenged the armies of Israel. And here's this little shepherd boy, about 16 years old. God marks his life. When, when he saw Goliath, listen closely, Goliath jogged David's memory. While everyone quivered that day, David remembered. And here's something I'd like for you to write this down on the back of your bulletin, if you would, or if you're taking notes on your cell phone, write this down. I am learning and have learned, write today's worries in sand. Write today's worries in sand and chisel yesterday's victories in stone. Isn't that good? 
Write today's worries in sand and chisel yesterday's victories in stone. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12. Remember his marvelous works, which he has done. He just starts remembering, well, wait a second. Here's this big, ugly Goliath, and here's the armies that are opposing the, the armies of Almighty God. Well, wait a second. I, I grabbed a lion. I grabbed a, beer, a, a bear, but I slayed them. God, the God that was with me then and brought triumph into my life is a God that's going with me into the battlefield. The God that brought victory in your life last week, last year, that make no mistake about it, the God that preserved the life of my little Jada Ray Wheeler, he's the God that's going to mark her life and has marked her life and will carry her into her destiny. If you're believing that for yourself or a loved one, let's give the Lord some praise. Come on, let's put our hands together and say, the God that was there, is the God that's here. He understood that every covenant believer should walk in victory and not be intimidated by the battle because we know the battle is the Lord and the Lord is victorious. It just didn't make sense to him that the armies of Israel would stand in fear just because the adversary, the giant, was much bigger I don't know about you, Goliaths are big. There have been some seasons in my life that have been very big. But I am so grateful my God is bigger. I'm grateful that when my daughter drowned in a swimming pool at 18 months of age and we got her off the bottom of the pool and she was blue, her heart wasn't beating and she wasn't breathing, I, I saw that and I just thought, Lord, I, I read in the Bible that you've raised a dead Lazarus. You call, He was dead. You know, you called him out of the grave. Almighty God, you raised your son on the third day, Lazarus on the fourth day. I just believe and I believe today that my God is bigger than anything, any battle, any giant I'll ever face. He's bigger than anything you'll ever go through. Some seasons are easier than others, but God is with you in every single season of life. How many know that's true? Can you say amen? So David's confidence, can I say this? It wasn't in his sling. It wasn't in his rock. It was in the name of his God. You bear the name of your God. We are Christians, we take on his name. When we give our life to Christ, we take on the name of the Lord. We are Christians. And I'm here to tell you, every giant must bow at the name of Jesus. As a matter of fact, I heard someone say that every single time you even drop a Jesus bomb, you just mention the name of Jesus in prayer. It's like an atomic bomb going into the bowels of hell, and it's bringing destruction to the schemes of the enemy. How many recognize Jesus is greater than the enemy? Can you say amen? It's time to pray. It's time to stand in the Word of God. It's, it's time to stand in the face of adversity. Hey, next Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to be raw, and we're going to go after what's going on in the United States of America today. We will always be known for what we're for more than what we're against, but somebody got to stand before the people of God and rally the troops. The enemy cannot have his way. The Bible said, every time you speak the name of the Lord, he is high. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace. Look at your neighbor and say, that's talking about you. 
much more those who have received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Christ Jesus. Aren't you grateful for that verse? It's not about you trying harder. It's about you surrendering more. I have learned that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I have learned that the deep things of God are not on the top shelf. They're, they're on the bottom shelf. And there, there are two places where they believe the tomb of the Lord. One day I'm going to go to Israel. I want to walk the path that Jesus walked. I want to see the garden tomb. Is there anyone you've been to Israel? Can I just see your hands? In that I'm told that there are two tombs where they believe that they buried the Lord Jesus Christ. One is just kind of, it's commercialized, I'm told, and the other is just a place place in a garden where you got to kind of bend down to get into the tomb. I personally believe that that's where the Lord laid because to get into the deep things of God, you got to bow. You got to come with humility. You better take not take credit for the good things in your life. The good things in your life are the direct result of you bowing in the presence of God, living humbly before your God and giving God praise for everything good in your life. If you believe it, can you scream amen? David knew that God would deliver his enemies into his hand. Look at verse 46. Oh, this is good. This, this, is, this, is, not, this is like we're just going to be G-rated today. Can you imagine telling the story in depth to those Sunday school kids? They go home and have nightmares for a year. But listen to this. The Bible says in verse, let me find it, verse 46 and 47. Oh, i got to back up. Let's go to verse 45. And David said to the Philistine, the Philistine, he drew near, and the Philistine, look at verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, this little skinny scrawny, he, he, he disdained him. He disdained him. Literal translation there, he belittled him. He belittled him. And I'm here to tell you, as those of us who are a little bit more mature in the faith, maybe not getting older but just getting more mature, These young up-and-comers, we better not disdain them. We better not belittle them. I talked a little bit, I think it was in the 930 service, didn't do it in 1130 last Sunday, but this up-and-coming generation, how many recognize, they're a little bit different than this generation. They uh, dress a little bit different. Not looking at Pastor Dan on purpose. I'm just kind of stretching my neck there. Um, And they got a little bit of a different sound. But every bit is anointed, every bit capable. I believe that they're the carriers of the next move of God. And we exist who are a little bit more mature, not getting older, a little bit more mature in the faith, a little bit more maybe in, 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 in age and in years to provide some, some boundaries that, man, you just bounce all over in these boundaries, but go after God. And we're just praying for a move of God unlike the world has ever seen. But the enemy disdained, belittled, David. What verse are we in? Somebody help me out. Thank you, 42. Um, but, but listen, because he was only a youth, ruddy and, and good looking, probably a little bit like me. So, so the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Cursed David by his gods. Listen to this, the boldness, the pride. Again, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 
And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. (laughs) This little skinny scrawny. David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Listen here, Goliath. This day the Lord will deliver you, what does the Bible say, into my hand. What's staring you down? The Bible is a love letter written from the heart of God to you. What's staring you in the face? What is that brokenness? What is that pain? What is that something happened to you back in the day? Staring you in the face, trying to push you down, keep you under, so you'll never become everything that God wants you to become. You can see the heart of David, fighter. I love that. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'm going to strike you and take your head from you. The audacity of David, the audacity of a spirit-filled, born-again believer. You may look intimidating to me in the natural, but my God moves in the supernatural. And, And greater is he who is in me than the enemy I'm staring down. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm not going to look down on my circumstance. I'm going to look up into the one who loves me, the one who dies for me, the one that has healed me, the one who has saved me. I believe God's bigger than anything you'll ever face in life. Can you say amen? But it's, I'm going to strike you. I'm going to take your head from you. And not just you, but also those of the camp of the Philistines. But listen, why? The victories that we win, the dominion that we walk in, is not just for us, it's for generations. Because listen to what the Lord, what the Bible said, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That all the, let me recognize the, the, the wars, the battles, that we win, we win through Christ, that all of our families, all of our communities, all of our job places would know that there is a God in Israel, that there is a God in our life. Um, would you guys turn around just, just for a moment um, and look for, at the, the handsome guy running the camera today? That's Tom. Everybody say hi, Tom. One, two, three. Hi, Tom. I went on a mountain bike ride with him up in uh, McCall yesterday, and he's young and I'm old, and these youngsters try to kill me. Actually, I don't want to lose the anointing. It's the other way around, isn't it? But I was sharing with him. Um, see, his mama and his daddy and myself, we've been praying for that boy for many, many years. Many years. And, and, and Tom broke his neck in a riding accident. And you guys prayed. It's been a, a year and a half ago. You guys prayed. You prayed him out of that hospital. You prayed him out of a wheelchair. And... Um, he accepted Christ as a Savior. And I recently bought a bike at a local bike shop here and that Tom rides out of. And the guy said, man, Pastor Monty, I, I don't know what you, you guys are drinking in the water over there. But I knew Tom back in the day. And the Tom that I know now does not resemble the Tom that I knew back in the day. 
Come on, can we put our hands together? This is a church filled with people who have faced some insurmountable odds, and yet God was bigger. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to you. I'm, not gonna, I'm tired of running away. There's somebody, you've been running away. God wants to put a spiritual backbone in your back. I'm tired of running away. I'm tired of people saying my life is over. I'm not going to listen to them. I'm going to run to the battle. I'm going to get in the Word of God. I'm going to allow the Word of God to get in me, and I'm going to allow God to fight this battle. There's some battles that God, the Bible literally says, stand and see the salvation of your God. But there are other times when you need to fight the good fight of faith. And this was a time in David's life, I'm going to strike you, Goliath. I'm going to cut off your big old ugly head. You're going to like this. I, I need to go quickly. David knew that God would deliver his enemies into his hand. You can be confident in God's power. You can be confident in God's strength in Jesus' name. But, but David, he, he does that, hit him with a rock. And then used Goliath's own sword to cut off the head of Goliath. I wonder what that sword weighed. Because David was just a little scrawny, good, skinny, scrawny, good-looking guy. Can you imagine him trying to lift up that big old sword? He used what was in the enemy's hand to literally cut off, not just kill, but cut off the head. There's something about cutting off the head of an enemy. And we read that he did just that, but something very interesting. Um, It is symbolic, I believe, of this. God delivering your addictions into your hands hands. God restoring a relationship into your hands. God renewing hope into somebody's heart. You you don't just sweep your, your pain under a carpet or your victory. You hold it high. You hold it high so those that you interact with on a daily basis can see that big old head of addiction. Instead of just sweeping it under the carpet and hoping nobody finds out about your previous life, I believe you need to allow the Lord to to sever that in your life, and you need to hold that up. Listen, yesterday's pain in God can be today's platform. What you went through back in the day, there is somebody right now going through it and needs to hear about your pain, needs to hear about your giant, needs to hear about your your God. Because how many recognize if the Lord can do it for you, he can do it for anybody. Can you say amen? Aren't you grateful that the Lord severs heads in our lives and gives us freedom? Can we put our hands together and say thank you, Lord? He is the one that does that for us. It's interesting that... um, There's several occurrences in the Word of God. It's real creepy to me. Um, The Lord fought the the battle that day and and, and won the battle through just this little guy by the name of David. Didn't just kill Goliath, but David, literally with Goliath's sword, severed his head. Horrible. But there's something very interesting. Do you know that everywhere David went following this, he took that big old head with him? (laughs) Crazy. 
He took it with him. Let me give you just a couple of verses. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 54. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 57 and 58. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul freaked out, and he literally said, whose son are you? He didn't even know. David wasn't even identified in the heart and the life of Saul. Nobody knew who he was. How many know? Boy, that speaks of elevation. Can you say amen? Can I be so bold to say this? It's okay if people don't know your name as long as people know his name. One of our statements at CFC, nameless and faceless. It was always about the Lord. It is about the Lord. And when you wake up tomorrow and 10 years down the road, 50 years down the road, or until the Lord comes, it is always about Jesus, not a pastor, not a church. It is about the Lord. Can you scream a great big amen? I, 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 need, to, I need to land this. Um, God wants victory over your enemy to be on display for the whole world to see. God will always take your greatest threat and turn it into your biggest ministry. He'll take yesterday's pain and turn it into today's platform. Never, ever forget where God found you. Never, ever forget where God found you and what he has done in your life. Remember those old days where God found Listen, you're not in those, dwelling in those anyway, anymore. God has set you free. Can I say this? Nobody loves sinners who is someone who was a radical sinner. And it's time for radical sinners that God say to be more radical for the Lord than they were for the devil. Nobody, you know, can, can, can speak life and speak grace and speak mercy into somebody who's struggling, who has received life and grace and mercy from the nail-pierced hands of the Lord. Can I say this? Giants are going to roar, but God's roar is louder. Giants are going to hate, but God's love is greater. Can you say amen? Um, would you just bow your heads? Father, we love you. We bless your holy name. And, Lord, later on in this story, um, you brought David and his men and brought a tremendous victory. What was taken by the enemy was restored through just somebody on fire for you who had faith to believe. They wrote worries in sand and chiseled victories in stone. Remembered the lion remembered the bear. I bet in David's mind, Lord, that perhaps he struggled with being passed over. I know personally I know what that's like. I believe many here know what that's like to be passed over. But they weren't passed over by you. And Lord, I just feel in my heart of hearts that you're running to somebody now. Somebody that's felt neglected. Somebody perhaps has been abandoned. And that giant that stares them down, maybe in their mind at their, the moment they go to sleep and first thing on their mind when they wake up, giant of abuse, addiction. Lord, I pray that this would settle in. That 
It started with a, a lion, a bear, and one giant. And freedom, it starts just like that. It starts just like that, Lord. Slaying one giant, one victory, <laughs> preaching to somebody right now, one day sober, and there's a domino effect. That one day sober turns into a week and a month and a year. That three months clean turns into a lifetime. That crossroads where you came through turns into a mindset that the God who came through is the God who will come through. Lord, I pray that you would give us dominion in every community that you place us in. The evil king said, you cannot come in. And they would place the severed heads of their enemy on the walls of the city. But David came marching in with the head of Goliath. He crawled up through the waterway, signifying to be victorious, you've got to get up off of your knees. You don't beat your own chest. You, you fight the fight of faith on your knees, and you come up from your knees, and that's where the victory is won. There's somebody crawling up through the waterway that's going to crawl up from their prayers off of their knees. There's somebody that's been laying on their face crying out to God, saying, Lord, I can't believe I did it again. One day sober turns into a lifetime. One day clean turns into a lifetime. But it doesn't just turn into your sobriety. It severs the chain in your family. So, Holy Spirit, the giants that we're facing, give us faith not in ourselves but in you. We would look that giant in the face and say, I don't care what you, what you think. I don't care over the past battles that you've won. I am a conqueror more than a conqueror in Christ. That no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The, the giant, the enemy might say you're going under. But God, you're saying you're not going under. You're going over in Jesus' name. It has nothing to do with our outward strength, and it has everything to do with yours. Lord, these are the blessings spoken over Abraham, and these are the blessings being spoken over to the people of God at Christian Faith Center and in this movement called CFC. Elevation. Possession. Dominion, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe could we dim the lights just a touch? If you would say, Pastor, um, there's something about this message, man. God, God spoke to me. Maybe there's a little spark of hope that's that's igniting in your heart. Maybe that dream that you thought was dead. God is just saying, Oh, it's not dead. My delays are not denials. You better get ready. It's time to start getting back in the Bible. It's time to start getting back in prayer. It's time to start pushing away and start fasting because I'm about to breathe on your life. I'm about to step in and do something that's going to blow your mind. It's going to move again. Who told you your ministry was over? Who told you you lost your anointing? God didn't. 
What does that giant look like? What is that giant speaking over your life? Get it out of your head and get it under your feet. You are a blood-bought, spirit-filled believer. You are a child of God.